Hey guys, it's 8 Nobody. Before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor, Sinister Jerky, and you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from Carnage Asada, OG, the Pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, Cracked Pepper, Mango Habanero, and Sriracha Smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code KINGDOM at checkout. For a 10% discount, that code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to Castle Comps. Today we have a good one. Today we have a streamer, an artist, a mod, and a sugary Christmas delight. We have the one, the only, Chocolate Eggnog. Chocolate Eggnog, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm doing okay. My daughter hit me in the face because she's a little kid and she's very squirrely. So, you know, I've been hit more times in the face since having a child than in my entire life. So, it's been interesting. I have a new respect for cage fighters. Hey, you know, thankful I don't have any yet. <laughs> right, right. So, before we get into all the things that makes up chocolate eggnog, let's start at the beginning. Where does gaming start for you? Um... Uh... I would have to say I started like Final Fantasy Tactics with like my dad back on the PlayStation One, and then nice. a lot of sports games. And, what was uh, your sport? Really Were you like an NHLer, MLB, I the show? Played uh, Madden, baby. Oh, the Mad. Were you, did you get like super competitive with the Madden, like getting online and like you know shit talking, or was it mostly fun? Like this was all when I was a kid. Like I'd say nine, ten years old. And then I didn't get into any, like, online gaming until I hit Call of Duty in uh, middle school. Nice. But before then, it was all just single-player, like, you know, like, uh, what is it, Oblivion and the one before Oblivion. I forget what it is. It starts with, like, an M. Oh, uh, and, uh, Morrowind or one of those? Yeah, Morrowind, yeah, something like that, where you could, like, fly and stuff. Dude, those, and, uh, those RPGs were so, like, dude, great, like stable. Oblivion. Dude, just good old like RPGs, and then uh, Diablo. I was big on Diablo. I had probably like four or five k hours logged into it when I was a kid. Well, and the then, cool uh, thing about you starting in Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy was like you know kind of open world before open world became like the thing. So that's kind of cool well, that you got I to see open. Tactics. Oh, have that's you seen, right. Have you seen that? I have not played Tactics. Is Dude, that not so open world? So Tactics was crazy, and this is why like I'm big into strategy games and stuff. Is uh. So imagine uh, you load onto like kind of like a map um, huh? as if it was like built on a table, you know, like a 3D modeled map or whatever. Like a chessboard, but with terrain. Exactly. But every square is like a movement piece or like, you know, you can go up three movements. This sounds so like it's XCOM. Essentially, dude, it's essentially like Final Fantasy chess, you know what I mean? Like so you have cool. all these different pe Dude, it was nuts. And it was so hard. So that way, when you like finally beat it as a kid, like levels, you're like, okay, dude, we're getting places. <laughs> it was actually one of those rewarding experiences. So, when it comes to strategy games, do you still get into the strategy games, the things like Age of Empires, StarCraft, XCOM, XCOM Two, or uh, that new one that's coming out from the Warhammer 40k community? Nah, dude. Ever since uh, I started Tarkov, I can't play any other game. You're you're a one game kind of guy. Yeah, and especially if it's FPS, like I think Tarkov ruined majority of FPS games with just the functions. Um, you know, a really good example is the uh, 
free look mechanic. The oh, fact yeah. that you can't free look in like Call of Duty, you have to jump in 360 and you know look at your surroundings that way. I just once you just have that easy free movement on your head, it's just like why doesn't every other game have this? So there's like a lot of mechanics that Tarkov has that other games don't that just essentially ruined all the PvP for me. No, I can totally understand that. Tarkov is just such a unique beast. And, you know, I, I think it's great that other looter and shooters are coming up that seem like they're inspired by Tarkov loosely. You got things like the Cycle Frontier moving from the Battle Royale to the looter shooter genre. And then you got Marauders, which is pretty much space with some elements like Tarkov, like the inventory is very similar to Tarkov, but other than that, everything seems pretty different. Have you checked out any of the other looter shooters, or are you just all Tarkov all the time? Uh, I haven't, no. I was actually supposed to do a sponsor stream with Cycle, and I got sent, like, a bunch of keys, and I think there was, like, an event happening, and the event took over. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Something I don't, I don't know, but, uh... No, I haven't played any of the other games, but I definitely think that Tarkov, like, you remember when Fortnite kind of set, um, there was, like, Battle Royales before, but Fortnite kind of made the Battle Royale scene. Yes, Fortnite and PUBG killed uh, yeah. that one zombie one that was out, yeah, what so was it, Daisy? Or, no, it wasn't Daisy. Yeah, it was, uh, no, no, no. what was it called? I, I was, I'm blanking. I know what you're talking about. It's like, um... The one that made uh, American Dad, where he got hell or something, like so, that. something like that's the one where American yeah. Dad started, and they were about to have like a competitive scene, and then that's when the battle royales came out, and that entire competitive scene, like they're actually was making a league for it. It was Dead by Daylight. At least I'm that's no, no, is, yeah. was it Dead by? I don't, I don't remember the top of my head. You, like run around, and you have to like. It was pretty much like, like a PUBG kind of thing, only with zombies, and it was like got a whole lot of other stuff going on with it. I know it's nothing like PUBG, but it's like the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head. It's one of those things where after this podcast, I'm going to remember it, and I'm gonna be like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Why didn't I remember yeah, that? Yeah, dude. But anyway, yeah, like, like Battle Royale killed that. Yeah, they created like the Battle Royale scene, and they like, I think for like the next like two to three years, everybody uh, it felt like just wanted to create that next battle royale to like compete with Fortnite. And right. I kind of feel like Tarkov is doing that now with their genre. Like I feel like before Tarkov, there wasn't really, there was DayZ, but it wasn't like Not to the level of a Tarkov. Like Tark exactly. It wasn't like the Tarkov community and like how competitive and, and everything that it is now. And so I feel like People are looking at Tarkov and are copying it. Like how you said, they got Cycle, you got Marauders. You have all these games that are, you know, they're not Tarkov, but they're pulling. Very, you can tell they're inspired by heavily, Tarkov. heavily too. Right. So like, it's nothing wrong with like being, which I think is cool because I feel like these kinds of games, because like I was saying, I'm a single RPG player growing up, and this kind of like brings. PvP in this like that genre together. It's like you don't want right. to PvP, go PVE, go loot. You want to go PvP, like go play laps for eight hours and go bang your head against the wall. Like, totally. So it's like that's what I really really enjoy about Tarkov. I was like, there's really no wrong or right way to play the game. It's just you play the game the way that you enjoy it, and that's Tarkov. Right. No, that's the thing I love about it too. Like if you want to be that friendly guy and you don't want to shoot anybody unconsensually. You can do yeah. that. If you want to hide out and interchange every single raid and pretend to be a mannequin, you can do that. If you want to exfil kill yeah. with impact nades, you can do that. You probably won't make a lot of friends, but you could totally do that. Or if you just only want to play solos or knights, like there's no wrong way yeah. to do it. There's no it's wrong way to eat a Reese's. 
because VoIP is around now. So like you like I don't know if you've ran into it, but I've ran into like players like actually cosplaying. Like you go in there and they're RPing and they're like my homie oh, ran yeah. into somebody in interchange and they were pretending they were like the uh Burger King waiter or something like that. <laughs> so he's like, Can I take your order, please? And like just try to sit him down at a table. It was like, dude, it's just it's becoming more than just you know, throw on a meta kit, throw on meta armor, and W key with holding your finger on the trigger. So. Right. Most of the RP I've seen lately is because the drop of the revolver and the cowboy hat. So I can a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of cowboys. Yes. A lot of Cletus is running around, dude. It's amazing. It reminds me of Stone Mountain back in the day when he was like yes. first getting started in PUBG. He's like, "I'm your acting commander," and he just would just go full dude, on. Go, yes, dude. I love that video. Probably one of my favorite ones I've seen lately is I saw the one with Zichum where he got the Ronin helmet and he was pretending to be RoboCop on Factory and he like changed oh, his God, voice like to sound good. like him. And every time he kills somebody, he'd be like, great. target neutralized. I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Dude, you gotta love it. It's like um, Kalenator, dude. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh yeah, we had him man. on the show not too long ago. Yeah, bro. He is, he is just like... Superstar. Dude, he's just the, the best character that you could ever just... Just commits. So, yeah, bro. Full commits. Like, he commits so hard that you question if that's how he is in real life. You know what I mean? You're oh, like, 100%. Like, I was trying to get him on here to see, like... like out of character? Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's just like... It's hard to tell sometimes. It's like, uh, what's Dude, another... Go yeah. Oh, Serdeki. Have you seen... Uh, he plays Marauders. He's on, like, a three-day Marauder binge. And he built oh, wow. a spaceship cockpit out of, like, cardboard. And he refuses to leave unless he has to go to the bathroom until the three-day subathon is over. And he's like, he's got a space suit on and everything. It's fucking crazy. Holy moly, that is some dedication. Some dedication right there. Me, the closest thing I'll get to dedic that dedicated to playing Tarkov is I'll eat fucking Alianka Chaka while playing. That's about as close into it as I'm going to get. Hey, there we go. So, what thing about this new wipe? Is your favorite because we've seen a lot of cool things out of this wipe and some things that some people are not so big on so what is your favorite inertia i like the inertia too so what about the inertia do you like um i feel that tarkov was getting into a wt um, kind of thing it's not even just like a w key kind of thing i just feel like it was getting so like, it's kind of like CSGO, you know? Like, CSGO, you go on there, and there's, like, a way to play CSGO, and there's not a way to play right. CSGO. there's a and meta. Yeah, and it's very clear, like, what is the best way. Right. Like, and, if we're going to get on the site, we have to smoke this, this, and that, and then you got to flow, throw a flash before we all enter site all at once, and bomb has to stay in the back kind of meta. Yeah. So it's, like, it's nice that, you know, it had to switch up a lot of people's play style. The one thing that I will say, the, like, the hugest drawback of Inertia is I'm a solo player. I have, like, almost 5K hours, and I think besides this wipe, I think probably, like, 3,600 of them are all solo. Yeah. And um, it's very, 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 very tough to take on any more than three mans as a solo with Inertia without stems being popped because um, it's just almost impossible to relocate faster than you know two or three other people can you know run you down or you right. know cut off cut you have off nobody to cover you you have nobody to cover you when yeah. you're healing or when you're reloading you only really, have so many that. ways of like you, you pretty much have to implement trigger discipline 
until the yep. point where yeah. you're at an advantageous position, like they're all you know in front of you, or you're mm-hmm. behind them, or you're in good cover, or they're all in one nades like situation. It's like you gotta exactly. think a lot more as a solo. So it makes it like I like that aspect where you have to like take your fights because I I mean I play I main woods, so a lot of my fights are um, I'll shoot you and I kill one person and then I'm heavy rotating with like two stems popped and then I'm behind you. Right. And so I like fights like that versus like back when I used to play labs three wipes ago and I would run in with an HK 60 mag and take out a four man with the 60 mag. Like it feels good, but you're like, all right, like, I don't know. It like, it feels way more rewarding when you had to like work for that four man. For you, the hunt but, um, is more about utilizing cover and like outmaneuvering your person than it is to just spray yeah. transferring. Like you would get yeah. the CSO or a Valorant because spray transfers are impressive. Don't get me wrong, but hundred percent in a game like Tarkov where you have literally A through Z, it's nice to not just rely on AB if that yeah, makes or sense. Just, or if you have a to Z, it's nice to not just run C. It's nice that, you know, C people have exactly different bills and different things. So, like, I think for the better of the game, Inertia was really, really good. I think it did kill off, like, um, I'm not sure if you know who the Yoinks is, but um, I actually was, like, I moderated for him before I even streamed. And uh, he was a really, really big W key player. And he even, like, admitted, like, the reason why he can't play Tarkov anymore is because of inertia. He's like, I'm not hating on it. I'm not, you know, talking bad on people who like it. He's like, I enjoy this game for the very, very fast-paced action that it was. And inertia honestly killed that. And it's true. Like, they're really... Like, definitely did. I'm watching, like, you know, my buddy on labs right now. And uh, there's literally nobody... There's nobody running around anymore. Everybody like slow peaks right hand corners and that's how they play tarkov which is nothing is wrong with that but it's it slowed the game not, down yeah it's definitely not the tarkov five wipes ago where you had eight people sprinting at you with vsss and vowels and all this crazy stuff so i definitely think for like the overall like game it was better but for pvp inertia definitely um like took a hit for pvp right uh, i well, I mean, that's, that'll be what the arena is going to be for. Because I heard for the arena, they're going to have it be like more of a free range the way Tarkov used to be before Inertia. And then the regular game is going to be, you know, with Inertia implemented. Because Battlestate has said this is supposed to be like a realistic looter shooter like scenario. And like in a combat situation, how many people are really just running everywhere doing that kind of stuff? Probably yeah, not I, too many. Honestly, I, I, for two things, when. When BSG can actually um, hold true to whatever they say, I'll start believing their empty promises. Um, and as blunt as that is, we've been told countless times for countless wipes that audio has been wor- like fixed or like this has been fixed or this has been fixed and it never has been and it never is. Right. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like when somebody lies to you for like two years and they're like, dude, this really good, great thing is coming. You kind of like it harder a little, to believe little skeptical on the, yeah, because they don't have a really good track record. And then, uh, and I, I, I get what you're saying. Cause uh, sometimes on reserve, it's like, wait, like I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. And then for like the, the arena mode, um, honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't think we're ever going to get in if we do it'll be two years from now or something like that i don't know it's 
when a game company because nikita has already came forward on like his podcast and uh has already said that like they're planning on um stopping working on uh tarkov and they want to work on another project like they never planned to work on tarkov as long as they have been like this was just something that they were working on and it got popular like their next game is like i forget what exactly it was called but it's like 2023 or 2030 it's like something weird in the title title with a year but it's he says it in one of his podcasts and so i don't know people want a really realistic to look shooter at. yeah people want a realistic shooter but then they'll put vaseline and pre-med and it's just like i don't know and then you have like 15 stems that you can pop in a so it's like where do we draw the line on realism like is running around less realistic than and popping morphine and then jumping into a gunfight? Well, I mean, like, think about it. If, uh, I have like I come from a military family, um, and so I like I don't know them personally, like, but my family has known people that have get like got hit by mines or like they've walked on mines and they've legs have blown up. Right. It and, takes a lot more than just a surgical kit to patch that up. Or a sim, yeah. Like, like you know what I mean. Like, so totally. like I I really don't like the realism uh, argument really because people because if you want to push that how far where is the yeah, line drawn kind of yeah where we like because we have dehydration and energy loss in the game which is realistic but then it's like I can pop fifteen stems in a game and not have any negatives like besides being hungry or thirsty. Right. And it's like, that doesn't really make any sense at all. I mean, I've it's never like, eaten a whole jar of mayonnaise in real life, but I don't know if it'll yeah. dehydrate me that much. I might yeah, puke a bunch. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I don't know, like, how far do we really, really want to go with the realism before we're playing, like, what's that one game, like, Arma, Arma. Or like, Squad? It's like, I don't know. Totally. It's like, it's very, it's very, very, and I think that's the problem, I think, probably... Escape from Tarkov runs into as just as a whole, like BSG, like the whole dev team is balancing how much they want to be realistic versus how much they want it to be um An enjoyable fun. experience. Yeah, because realistic isn't fun. I don't care what anybody says, like you can't tell me that like unless you are true, true hardcore gamer, and then I guess so, but like to like you know like run around and like you hit us two stems well now you got to hit this antidote well now that antidote triggered something else so you got to take like eight things into one ray to take one thing and it's like well now you got to pee so you got to you know actually pull down your pants and unzip your zipper it's like right. unless you how, equip a diaper yeah it's like, unless you equip a diaper then you can go two rays without having to go to the bathroom and it's like how far are we taking this realism argument and it's like i don't know i think oh. some things are cool and then some things like the the Kappa nerf, I think that killed the whole end game for a lot of people as well. Just okay. not being able to uh, uh, put mags or put anything valuable in there. Really, it's just you know I'm gonna put two injector cases in there and a surf kit. Right. No, that makes sense. So when it so as a woods main, have yes. you played any of this new uh, yes. instance where they have the rogues on there? And if so, how have yes. you been liking this new? Uh, this new thing going on i want it to be permanent that would be cool i feel like woods is going to be so boring now without the rogues because like before we were trying to look at sawmill dude and they were never there and somebody came in chat and said they're at scav bunker 
And so we started going there and four out of six raids they were there. And it's just dude, it brings so many more geared players. It brings like three rogues at least that you can get and the fights with them are sometimes way more intense than the PMCs themselves. Right. So dude, I'm honestly like Woods never gets any love, dude. I've been playing Woods as a main for three wipes now. And it never gets any love, dude. I mean, two wipes ago, it was the scum of, of Tarkov. Like, now people, like, hop on the bagwagon of Woods because they see, like, the Bitcoin spawns. They see all the good loot. The Thomascope said you said Yes, yeah. but do you remember how much shit Woods got two wipes ago? It was literally like, oh, you play Woods? I'm, I only play that for Quest and Jaeger. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, I, why would I want to get sniped in a bush? Like, that's like the reaction you would get, dude. And now it's got so much love. And we finally got an event and it was a good one, dude. I'm very, very happy about this one. I hopefully it stays for like the weekend, dude. Cause I'm honestly having more fun on woods than I've had in a very, very long time, dude. That's cool to hear. So as somebody who plays woods, it's giving a whole new flavor to the Tarkov experience. So with these three new rogue bosses, do you feel that they should be, like, married to Lighthouse? Or do you think they should randomly roam every map? I think it would be actually really cool if each map got an additional boss. And the reason I say that is because I feel like majority of the maps have become so divided that it kind of not ruins the map for, like, to say, but it kind of, like... Changes the experience. Hit. Yeah, like remember old customs like dorms was popping. You want a yes. PvP? You that could go to place. dorms, guaranteed PvP, three to four mans. It was fun. Now you can go to dorms and you know, especially with the nerf of Marked Room, but you go to dorms and sometimes there's somebody that even comes all raid and you're like, oh, what the heck? But like if you could have a rogue boss at Stronghold and then like possibly Rashala at dorms, like do you know how good customs would be? Right. Well, the rogues are currently on customs too, and they're taking over uh, the yeah, fortress. Like the boss. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, to like see that one, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, they're having three there. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I haven't played you're customs good. yet, but people are saying they're on uh, stronghold right now. Yeah, yeah. They get on those uh, the stationary weapons, and it's one of those things God. where it's like extra cautious. Every time I've played since they used to go, I just gotta like get a scope weapon, and I just check every single one of them, and quite a few. It's definitely add a little bit of spice to the game, which is the thing I do like about these events. Now, with the event previous, the whole ransom thing, did you partake in the ransom event? No. Did you just not play Tarkov at all during that, or did you just play Tarkov and not donate? Yeah, well, I don't even have my scav case. Oh, for sure. But you didn't buy things from fans or throw things in the cold circles or any of those? No. Uh, I mean, I sold stuff to fence. I don't know if that... Translated to me donating. I believe um, that I'm not sure. I think that did. I don't remember the the final word that came down on that because I know some people were speculating that that was part of it, and I heard some people say it wasn't part of it. I don't know, I'm just happy it's over because now yeah. I had quests to turn in, so I was like, damn it. <laughs> right. Honestly, I didn't like the that event. I thought it was very, very, very lacklustered. Um, only because, um. It's kind of like watching a movie and then cutting it off midway. You don't really know the ending. So it was like we donated all this money and then we're kind of left in the dark for what? Like it's nice. Like it's like, oh, you know, there's something that might happen. But then it's like 
there could be very well be nothing that happens. It's BSG. Like, you don't know. Like, that could have been the event. And, like, you know, we could have not made it. And then they just said, like, you know, they didn't notify that we didn't make it. Like, there's just, like, so many questions that you have no idea what's going on with that event. So, I feel like if they add on to it, it could be like, oh, dude, that was insane. Like, we were totally left in the dark. But until that moment happens, I feel like... uh I was like, why did we don't, you don't have your hopes up? Trillion. <laughs> like, what was that for? Right. No, totally. So I honestly think it's to fund their, their tank. That was my, my, uh, conspiracy theory. Cause you know, when they come in, they come in on a big old tank. Right. So I'm like, dude, maybe it's like, they need to fund all that. You know what I mean? And that's how they're going to come is like, you basically funded their operation. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting route. Yeah, there's all sorts of fun things about this game that are just, like, just beneath the surface, like, what is there? Like, we have these scav bosses, and we don't really know too much about them. So my question to you is, you know how your scav and your PMC are different? Like, they all accrue their different stat points and all those things. Would you be interested in a scav tab where you can actually do, like, task for the scav bosses as a scav? Like, you know, kill X amount of PMCs on factory, or is that something you don't want to see? No, not at all. Moving no, forward, I don't want. I don't want. I then to to add on to that, I don't want uh to promote anybody to use their scavs more than um necessary. Necessary to me, scavs were like implemented to um help newer players um like learn the game and learn the map and get like gear with you know essentially no risk whatsoever. True. And then like once you get better at Tarkov like the reasoning I would use it is like if I was like actually like uh like I did 100 mil on woods um in under 100 hours and uh I scabbed a ton because it was just like you'd be kind of dumb not to you know get free money right it's um, risk free yeah exactly or like you know if you're you know have been playing Tarkov for a while and you like to meme and you like are just chilling with the friends or you're you know you're playing with a bunch of people and you died before but like i have friends that you know are 8k hours in the game and they're level 50 strength or max strength on their scab and max endurance and um to me that's just not enjoyable but i have homies that do it and it's like it's nothing bad but it's just like to me i just feel like i'd rather see more pmcs on the map than scabs right no i could totally understand so in the game what is something that you would like to see changed like, is it a quality of life thing? Is it, like, a major thing? If you had your say and you could do anything to the game, what would you do? Take off the effect that painkillers give you. It's totally fair. So, getting 100%. into... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. If you have more to... Uh, yeah, just 100%, just because of stream quality. <laughs> right, no, I, I hear you on that. So, getting into some of the other things that you've tackled in your Tarkov career, I see a lot of art. And a lot of things like that. Like, when did you get started working with that kind of stuff? Because it all looks really good. Hey, thank you. I started about two months ago, actually. For those of you who don't know, Chocolate Eggnog does a lot of art that he gives out to the community for wallpaper. And do you do custom pieces? Like, if somebody, like, commissioned you to do something for them, would you, like, make them a custom art piece? Oh, yeah, 100%. A lot of my uh, stuff that I've put on my Twitter is uh, commission customed. Nice. And... Do you have like a set rate for those kinds of things or is it one of those by by the appointments? Like one of those things where, oh, you want a bunch of stuff so it's going to cost a little bit more. Do you have a set price or is it by like customer? I do have a set price. It's uh, essentially like 
We do have a base of $70 um, if it's going to be somewhat of a complex scene. Um, and then, you know, guns are 15 um, And then PMCs cost anywhere from 15 to $40 to rig. Because what a lot of people don't see behind the scenes is, like, for those guns, like, you think that you have to build them in Tarkov, um, and you're like, dude, this is a lot of pieces. In the 3D modeling software, you have to build it piece by piece. Like literally piece by piece it doesn't come in you got to build the innards the outsides everything like everything comes in piece by piece and so it can take upwards to two hours to build a gun or like uh the pmcs um they come in um in different pieces so like you have to attach the bodies together with the heads right. and then you have to add bones to them but then you have to make sure that all the bones work correctly and because right, you like, want it like, to look like an actual person you know, exactly. you have to make it sure not only does like it, it too. which is super difficult for somebody yeah. who doesn't have a lot of background doing that kind of stuff, hearing what actually physically goes into that's kind of crazy. Like having to build each part of a gun piece by piece by piece. So when you're starting a gun build on the, on the art projects, what is the first piece that you start with typically? Is it the, is it the handle? Is it the barrel? Is it the sight? Or is it every gun is different? So typically like what I do is I load in every single, they're called meshes and I load in every single mesh and I try to find every single one of that gun. And then I will kind of to do like a rough, I'll pull up Tarkov especially and just demod the gun to the base as I can. And then try to just try to basically repli replicate the gun that's in Tarkov piece by piece, having it on another monitor and uh and then putting it because like you even have to do like the weapons uh like the uh single fire uh full full auto Selector. like that little but yeah you have to do all that and you have to make sure that it's um in the right location like especially with those ones that i do on the tables like you would notice if uh if something was missing especially if you're a gun nut like if you're like, like if the oh, ejector port thing. was like not not there if it was closed yeah, exactly. or open when it wasn't or if the bolt wasn't pulled that i'm sure people nitpick the hell out of some oh, of dude, these yeah girls. well i actually the first gun that i i put together like about a month and a half ago one of the sites was on backwards and it was like literally like three or four people were like you know that site's fucking backwards dude and i was like oh i didn't so now it's like you you have like these things in mind you're like is the grip in backwards okay is the silencer you know the gap between the silencer and the uh the muzzle break is that the exact same like you, now you like are paying attention to like such small details that and like it, before you weren't and it's at the same time you don't know when people are fucking with you too because people love to fuck yes. with other people on twitter so like did i do i have to take this entire thing apart because this guy's telling me the truth or is he fucking with me i don't know yeah i just had i should have posted yesterday um guns on a glass table uh with like ammunition and whatnot and somebody posted like why are they all floating? And I was like, are you trolling me? Because, like, you realize that that's a glass table and, like, under wood. So, like, the shadows will look like that. So it's just like, but you never know with Twitter. You're like, are you actually messing with me? Or do you truly not know that's how shadows work? And you're like, you, you never know. It's Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Twitter, everybody is a Monday night quarterback. Everybody is a world politician everybody is an expert oh, in every yeah. single field so when you put yourself out there to 
to those groups that just love to rip things apart, it can oh, definitely dude. be frustrating. Oh, dude, it, it definitely is. But luckily for me, I have a... So I'm in a, like a group of other 3D artists. Um, like if you see anybody that does like 3D work, typically they're in like this group. There's a few that aren't, but um, so like when anything we get completed, we kind of run it through like six to seven different people. Right, it's like quality see, control. Yes, and if you see the work, like I we I even said this when we were in a Discord call. I was like. It's so funny how like everybody is like, oh, bro, like you're so you're so sick, and like they don't realize it's like some of these projects is like it's been through 15 sets of eyes, and it's like if you would have seen the preview, like the first initial, versus like what everybody like helps come up with and like and like tear it down because we're ruthless. Like we'll be like, nah, dude, that looks like shit. Like but you gotta be though. Or, oh, dude, yeah, and like. You just get your ass torn apart, but then you see like the project when it first started and you thought it was finished to where it's actually finished and it's millions of times better. And it's just, it, I'm truly, truly blessed. Dude, I do this 10 hours a day um, from the time I wake up to the time I start my stream. And then I, once my stream stops, I hang out with my girlfriend for an hour and I go to bed. And that's what I do seven days a week for the last two and a half months or two months. That's fucking awesome. But yeah, it's good yeah. to break your friends down because it, your friends or your homies, you want to tear them apart so they don't go out there and get torn apart by, you know, the masses. Be like, I'm just doing this to make you better. It's not coming from a, like a fuck gym kind of like standpoint. Yeah, you know? no, exactly. And being able to take the heat as well as give the heat is very is very important in like being able to be uh, constructive like criticism because a lot of people are able to dish it, but as soon as they it. see their work being um, like taken apart, they kind of get defensive. And I've been even like um, like guilty of it. Like I remember one time somebody was like, "Oh, your lighting is this," and I pulled up three examples of his like lighting. I'm like, and then it's just like. I was kind of coming off like, who are you to say my lighting is like this when yours is like this? But it's just like, that's kind of a bad way of going about it. If like someone sees something wrong with your image, it's like, it's better just to correct it and not have an ego and just move on than like right. not have an ego and just like, you know what I mean? So it's also a very humbling experience as well. Cause like in the whole time you're like, yeah, like this is fucking sick. I'm bad. Like the heck yeah. Right. And then you put it into your friends and your friends are like, do you not realize that six things are floating? You're like, oh shit, no, I did not. <laughs> so it's really, it's a really humbling experience as well. Oh, totally. It's one of those things where you learn more from a failure than you do from a success. It's one of those things where it's, a, it's all how you take it. It's all a learning process if you allow it to be. Granted, are you going to agree with every single piece of constructive criticism you get? Probably not. You'd be like, I kind of like it like that. I don't care if that's not like the way you see it in your mind's eye, but for me, that's cool. So it's going out like this. It's one of those things where you, you got to be selective, but at the same time, you learn from what you choose to learn from. I agree completely because if you take a loss and you just take it as a loss, it's a loss. But if you take a loss and you try to learn from your mistakes and better it, yeah, it sucks, but... At least you got something out of it. You got out of it, yeah. There's always a, at least a silver lining in things, and you got you to gotta take it as so. Exactly. So, moving forward with art stuff did is there something that you're like striding toward is there a big project on the works or is this just something that is like something you started for fun and it's just going to remain something you're doing for fun honestly it's something that i start so i own a photography company um and i was doing that 
uh, as like my full-time career um, before I was streaming and even when I was streaming. Um, as soon as I started doing the 3D artwork, I was doing it as fun because uh, that's actually what I built my PC for two years ago. I wanted to get into like creating, um, you know, Coco. I don't know if you know that movie. It's like a oh yeah, film. yeah. I know. I, I, I'm familiar with the film. Yeah, so that was made on a program that I want to use, and I was like, trying to get into stuff like that. Um, and so, like, two years later, I kind of got a kick in the ass um, from my buddy Penguin, and I just started doing 3D, and I was doing it for fun at first, and then eventually I started getting commissions just from people asking me if I just did custom work. So I was like, yeah, why not? So I just started doing custom work and started doing more customs and more customs. And eventually it just kind of spiraled into me doing it full time. Like I said, I do That's it 10 so hours every single day. So, um, and it's something that you enjoy honestly, doing. Oh dude. I, yeah. Like my, my girlfriend loves and hates how much I love this because I, I, I am so in love with just doing this all day that like, dude, I will forget to eat two days in a row just because I'm like, and it's not like I'm like starving myself. It's just like I'm having so much fun that I just so that wrapped the up. World exists. Exactly. Right. And so, um, so if I could do this full time, like my dream would be able to wake up at like nine o'clock, uh, do this until about six in the, or probably about five in the afternoon. So a good little, what is that? Like eight hours and then hang out with my family for like two to three and then stream from like eight till two. So pretty much that. you want to live the nine to five, but on your own terms. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, the well, American dream if you, if you were to ask me. Right. I used to work a lot more back when I was uh, doing my photography company. To start that up, I was working 16 to 18 hour days for eight months straight. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time for eight yeah, months straight. Of, very few yeah, time dude. off. And the thing is, it's no yours. Time. So it's just like mm -hmm. nobody's going to give a shit about your baby like you will no. so it's like yeah you can hire people you can get assistance you can get anybody you want to help but at the end of the day they're not going to give as much of a shit about your project as you will you know what i mean yeah it, it's very hard to to explain to family members like hey um i'm not gonna go to college or like i'm not gonna like pursue like the job that's quote-unquote like you know safe or expected secure. yeah expected i'm gonna do this and like they weren't really on board until uh, um, I was making actually like really decent money off of photography, and I was able to purchase my first car. And they're like, "Oh, dude, like you aren't just like shooting in your room." And like, no, like <laughs> this is sustainable. <laughs> yeah, like it's hard work, and so it's kind of cool because like I kind of proved myself. I I started that when I was twenty two or twenty one years old. And um, I kind of proved to my family that like I can do stuff um, by myself and kind of make it sustainable. So when I started this whole 3D journey, um, like my girlfriend gave me no problem about you know putting in 14-hour days or my family. As soon as I they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing this for like." They don't question it anymore. They're just like, "All right, if he's spending that much time on it, it's like the photography thing. Like he's gonna figure it out. And if not, then like I'll realize that." And, and just move on. You know what I mean? Right. See, that that's the thing about trying to justify emerging markets to things and people that are in your life. Because, like, our parents' generation grew up in a completely different time where these things weren't available. They just weren't a thing. 
So when their, you know, their offspring comes up to them and they're like, hey, I'm going to do this thing you've never, ever heard of. I'm going to pour my whole life into it. Of course, it's going to be scary for them because they're just so it's like you're speaking a whole different language. It's just like trying to explain NFTs and Dogecoin and things like that to that generation. It's just like, so you're buying this thing that doesn't exist and it's going to be it's very difficult. And until you can show them those kinds of results they're always going to have that skepticism. And even if you do show them the results of like, hey, I'm being successful, they might still have that skepticism. There's no guarantee that that will ever go away. So good on you for doing what you know you need to do for you to be happy and to be successful without really worrying too much of like, the, oh, what will my parents think? What will this? And not to get into like, you know, the Coco <laughs> kind of mindset. Only that one's about death. The other yeah. one, Encanto, is more about like, you know, set roles. I guess that would be more yeah. fitting for what we're talking about. So it's kind of funny how that oh, one yeah. kind of circle. No, yeah, 100%. And it's just nice to, like, I know a lot of people, uh, including my friends, um, like with streaming, it's very, very difficult to um, explain to your parents that you can make. Um, you know, essentially double what they're making at their hard labor nine to five that they've been working for the last 30 years. Right. I can understand the frustration too. It's like my dad went to work every day to go work at a cement plant and his body is so fucked from all the hard work. He can barely move. And he's just like, so what are you doing in your room? You're talking on a microphone to strangers about video games. Must be fucking nice. (laughs) You know, things like that. Like, sorry. Dude. Yeah. They kind of like, it's funny, but then it's like, yeah, but you could also buy a fucking house for 90k, so shut up. Like, you right, know what I mean? Right. Like, Your community college was free, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, like, that's the whole argument. It's like when, like, parents are like, how come you don't have a house? You're like, because it's a half a mil to buy a two-bedroom house when you could have bought an eight-bedroom for, like, McDonald's wage back in the day, dude. Like, right, it's crazy how what their thing of normal was is so different from our baseline just like you said the whole jpeg thing like it's actually crazy like my dad i don't know how he got into it but my dad like made like probably like a quarter mil off of Deutsch. and um yeah he actually he put in fat and uh but he put in a ton of money and he doesn't know shit about crypto doesn't know shit about any of it Elon said it was going to the moon, so we're going to the moon. One of his buddies said, like, it was good, and my dad was just like, fuck it. Like, I believe the guy, and it worked out in his favor. He bought his brand-new truck and, like, paid it off, and he's like, I'm never doing this again. He's like, I don't know shit about any of this. He's like, I got so lucky. He's like, I know what I got. He's like, I'm not that idiot that's going to invest what I want and then lose it all. He's like, I'm done with this. He's like, I got what I wanted. He said, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Nine to five oil field job. He's like, I'm good. Oh, I got my that's cool a, truck. That's a great job. Super <laughs> yeah. dangerous, but high pay. Let me tell you about my biggest disappointment in my life, eggnog. I was going to put $500 in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was like, brand new and it was like i I shit you not like 50 cents a bitcoin or a dollar a bitcoin i was gonna put 500 dollars on that and i got talked out of it by my parents (laughs) and to this day i regret that decision wholeheartedly so it's one of those things where if you're not gonna go broke if it's something that you can afford to take a shot on and your your inner voice is telling you to do it fucking do it (laughs) do it just do it. The worst thing is you're going to be out money that you could live without. I'm not telling you to put like your house on thing, but if it's something like disposable income, like, oh, I could do this or I could put Uber Eats for a week, you know, it's like, just give it a shot. 
try it out. Like, what, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, that's what's crazy, too, is because, like, you're like, oh, what's the worst can that can happen? And then you finally put some money in there, and then you realize that that's what the banks do. You're like, right. wait a second. So you're telling me that the banks take my money that I put in there, and they put it in stocks? And oh, then yeah. you get this crazy angry, like, wait a second. These pieces <laughs> of shit. I went over 10 cents on my purchase from my bank account. They oh, charged my. me all this overdraft, and they're over here yeah. going to Vegas with my buddy and playing literally Russian roulette. Oh, put it all on yeah. black. <laughs> Dude, it, it's exactly like that, I feel like, bro. Like, 100% exactly like that. Right? Like, I'm not an economist. <laughs> But this is just my baseline understanding of all the powers that be and how we get kind of fucked on a regular everyday basis when we don't take those risks, when we don't take those chances. So that's cool that you took a shot on yourself. Like, you put that money on yourself. You're like, this is something that I enjoy, and if this becomes my career, fucking awesome. But at least you're going for it, because I can't tell you how many people I know in life that had those opportunities and they said no to go the safe route, and now they're in occupations that they fucking hate but they're just like oh just eight more days till retirement like dude if i had a dollar for every time i heard that especially in the military it's like 10 more years till i get to retire i'd be like bro that's a long ass time and you hate your life now and i'm gonna go do some cool stuff you're like dude you're 75 years old okay like chill (laughs) oh man anytime a 70 year old man has told me he's gonna go smoke some weed and i look at it it's like all sticks right dude, that's that's not even weed that's oregano dude <laughs> right like my wife's dad he he you're up during like the 70s and all that stuff he always got like the worst stuff and he like puts it in the freezer and stuff because that's like what they did back then and then he'll like give her like a bag he's like this is all moldy because you froze it and then it unfroze and it got all this moisture like i'm not smoking this mold go away one yeah, of the nice so- things about being in california is it's legal right 100 percent. that's actually um that's actually what my photography uh, company is. I don't really talk about it much on stream, and you can leave it in. I don't really care. Cause is it like up- one of those ter- terms of service things on uh, Twitch why you don't talk about it on stream? Or is it no, so another? Just, I, I shoot for cannabis. Um, I, my photography company is one of the lead- leading cannabis photography companies in California. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty That's cool. awesome. We kind of took a big hit since like covid and the whole recreational thing i went from like 115 clients down to three um but um no like ever since i was because i said i started it when i was like 21 but i've been in the cannabis industry since i was probably 14 years old um so almost about 15 years now and uh it's really really nice not to be the weed guy as weird as that sounds, as people are like, oh, it's so cool. Like, it's so nice to pretend like you don't know anything about it. Well, you don't want to get people... pigeonholed. It's like Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah does not probably want to play Michael Sarah every single movie he's in. But that's all everyone, like, hires him to do. And you, when you become the weed guy, quote unquote, or the alcohol yeah. guy, that's all anybody wants to talk to you about. That's like when you have a podcast that only talks about one topic, you become that guy you know so it's like you no know, i want to branch out i want to do other stuff i don't want to get like pigeonholed into this one category so i totally understand that from yeah. that perspective like if you come up to somebody with your portfolio and you're like oh i would like to shoot your wedding like um problem about that is we're not weed <laughs> yeah yeah see that's what i'm saying dude it's like it's so it's so like nice dude just to be able to like people are like and I don't like, I'm not ashamed and I don't hide it. Cause if you look up, like, I think if 
look up my name, like my actual company comes up. Um, and That's awesome. Do, yeah, and if you donate to me, my name is linked to my PayPal. So I'm not, I'm definitely not hiding anything. Like you can definitely find my company if you try. But you're to. not out front with it. Yeah, but one I'm of not out front with it. So if people are like, "Do you smoke?" I'm like, "Yeah," and like they're like, "Oh." Like that's the that's the extent of it. If they're like, oh, what's your photography company? I'm like, oh, you know, we're you know we're a cannabis uh, company. You know, we shoot cannabis essentially. And like, and you know, I'll talk about it for like a minute or two, but then kind of just like cut it short. And it's just like because right. it's because like dude, like and there is a stigma uh, with it. Like even though it's legal in the state, there are some people who once they find out that you're associated to said thing, conversation's dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and not. The, here's the aspect that I, I dislike the most is it's it's legal in California. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but do you have any friends out of state or out of country? Oh, a bunch. And when you talk to them about cannabis, they and if they're into it the slightest, the fact that you're from California. Oh, they light up. And they're like, dude, I got a thousand questions. Like, are you, is it true that you can just smoke a bong on a bench on the beach? Like, how much is it down there? Am I actually getting ripped off? Like, is this good shit? Hey, can I send you photos? Like, hey, right. and it's just like, you have are, all is, these. Are like, these mites? <laughs> like, you get yeah, all these crazy questions. All these people asking you questions, and they think that you're verified because you're from California. They're like, like bro, oh, just because I smoke pot doesn't mean I can roll a joint with one hand like Ali G. <laughs> This man has a hundred lighter in his backyard. This man is growing like for sure, big time. And you're like, so it's just like, it's so nice to not like have to deal with that because like I've been to cannabis festivals or I've been to like, um, like talks, not like podcasts, but like where we go and like, just talk to like people at like big festivals and whatnot. Yeah. Like a cannabis cup kind of thing, yeah, like an exactly. open table. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. And just the questions like you get are like, you wouldn't expect a human being to ask that question because you live in California. But the fact right. that you don't live in California, like people ask those, like I had one, um, they were like, so you guys really like smoking your house. And I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, there's people in California smoking their house and they're from New York and like New York, you're literally stacked on top of one of each other. Right. You're so close to that. If you do smoke, you have eight neighbors that are like down your throat. You got the and old like, lady under you with the broomstick. Like, stop smoking that joint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just like, dude, it was just like, it's so nice to just be able to like kind of just play devil's advocate and just pretend right. like you don't know anything. You're like, oh, we know, don't know what that is. <laughs> That's like Batman is not out front about being Batman. But you know, when people talk about Batman around him, Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, I like that analogy in the Batman of cannabis. Yeah. See, the the pot thing is just so funny to me because growing up, it was it wasn't legal, but like, and you had to go to some extremes. Like, oh yeah, my my older brother knows a guy. Just meet this guy near the library, and he's like in a sketchy van, and then <laughs> yeah, and you, you buy like a bag, and you like turn around. I was like, is this even real? I don't know yet. It went from like weird sketchy encounters like that to walking into a place with a guy in a suit who sits you down. I was like. Oh, would you like to try this indica? It's got a lovely bouquet. You're like, where the fuck am I? Dude. It's the weirdest yeah. shit, but I love it. The, everybody you bought from was the hippie, like had to be a hippie, dude. <laughs> right? If it wasn't hippie, it wasn't good shit, dude. Right? That's why I'm hoping that that a bird eye in the new Tarkov, he's wearing that drug rug. I'm hoping he drops like a joint or something. Like, prep war requires 10 bird eye joints. <laughs> dude, right? Is the... I'd be I would be happy if like 
Because it's not gonna it's not gonna be anytime soon. That's for sure. Where we doesn't have a stigma to it. Oh well, um, I mean Hollywood's trying really hard to give it a stigma. Like the thing I hate about Hollywood stoners, these people smoke pot, and then they make these movies and they completely misrepresent pot. And you know the people who see those movies and they're like, "Oh my god, I don't want children hallucinating." Like those are the people who are voting against like you know medical marijuana yeah, and things like that. It's like, if you guys love this so much, like, you know, Seth Rowe, if you love this shit so much, why do you misrepresent it to the point where nobody's going to want this? Yeah, I thought it was really disgusting when um, Summit was able to pound alcohol and get belligerently drunk on stream and keep his monster sponsor. But the minute that he showed a bong, uh, Monster Gone. dropped him that day. Yeah, it's like, really? hypocrisy. Really? Like, someone can, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not like the 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 situation is like cut out summit. It has nothing to do with him. It's the fact that you can get belligerently drunk on on stream, like right. beyond shit face drunk, where to where you're mumbling words. And I'm not saying that's what he was doing, but there has been people but who have done that. I've seen blackout streams. Yeah, it happens. You smoke, you smoke a bowl, or not even even I'm smoking because he didn't even smoke on stream. He showed the bong. Like, he showed paraphernalia. He even, yeah, he didn't even smoke, and he's in a legal state. Right. It's like, how does that make sense? And it's like, until we can get like that stigma over it, I think it'll be, like, I think it'd be really cool to just not have a stigma on cannabis. Not that I would right. just like come out and be like, "What's up, guys? Like, this is who I am." But it'd be like nice to be able to like. Well, pot is something like that helps. It's not my personality. Like the thing I hate is when people take something and they make it their personality, and that's what people use to justify their hatred towards it. Be like. Oh well, this guy doesn't shower and all he does is smoke pot all day. You know what I mean? Those are the yeah. people who are like anti-pot. Those are always who they point out to. Those people who make it like their life, their personality. And it's like people that, um, like that's what they all they do. Like that was like something you did back in middle school. It's like, what are we gonna do today? We're gonna smoke at the park. And like that's what we're doing. Right and now, it's like if you're a grown adult and you're just smoking, it's like you realize you can smoke and go on hikes, right? Oh, 100 percent. Smoke and go like and do and and like do chores or go like you don't have to just smoke and just not do anything <laughs> so, like, like when we get older like i have back pain from military and i drive around from i drive a lot around for my job so my back hurts it's great for pains like i grew up my best friend had cancer and pot helped him actually have an appetite it helped him get through chemo like there is so many beneficial things for this and I don't know, but I'm not a big drinker. I don't really like the way alcohol makes me feel. I don't enjoy throwing up. I'd much rather do an edible or smoke a joint than pound 12 beers, you know? This is personal. Yeah, I I personally would rather, like, unless it's, like, like whenever I drink, I think I drink now a little bit more than, like, I did. Um, I think it's because the girl that I've been dating is... Uh, well, it's a social money. thing, then. Well, I didn't drink for eight years. Like, I didn't drink at all. And then my girlfriend was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a young 22-year-old. This is what we do. I'm like, all right, I guess this is what we do now. And uh, I've never been like, oh, let's taste like something like that takes, tastes like rubbing alcohol over something that could be per like, you know, fruity or like even like people who take edibles. Like, you're telling me I can eat a delicious ass brownie? Or I can drink this nasty ass alcohol. Like right. it's not a hard, it's not a hard decision. You know so what I mean? You want me to drink this liquid and then potentially get into a fight, <laughs> or you want me to smoke a joint and then watch Hey Arnold? Like, uh. 
debate if I want fucking mustard on my sandwich for two hours. Right? You got to think past the sandwich sometimes, chocolate eggnog, which is hard to do. <laughs> so we got off on a little bit of a tangent right there on the whole pot scene and where it's currently standing. So when it comes to streaming, what is your schedule? Or do you not have a set schedule for streaming? Is that something that you just do when you have opportunities or do you try to maintain a pretty strict schedule? Yeah, so I started, I think, roughly around a year and a half ago. And since I've started, I haven't stopped. I streamed every single day. So I think I'm at like 400 and 413 days, 15 days in a row or something like that. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah, and I stream every day from 8 p.m. till 12 a.m. I used to stream like 8 to 12 hours a day, but I quickly realized that I got more success um, by splitting up my streaming time and networking because I was doing no networking because I was just streaming 12 hours a day and then I'd go to sleep. Right, there's only so, so many hours in the day. Exactly. So as somebody who's been streaming that much, I'm sure you've encountered a lot, whether it be you know hate raids, games you enjoy streaming, games you don't enjoy streaming, negative interactions, positive interactions. So with all that combined knowledge, what is the best piece of advice you give to somebody who's brand new into the platform? Somebody who like just bought their stuff, setting it all up, and is not going is about to go live for the first time. What's something that you would tell that person from experience learned? Um for their first dream, I would probably say just don't care and just have fun. Um I still do this now where if I have dropped frames, I kind of let it affect my mood and you kind of had this in your head that once you reach 80 viewers or 100 viewers that things are going to get better and that it's going to change and you know you look at like partner streamers and you're like there's no way that these guys like deal with the same issues and like it just never does and as harsh as that is and as like like ew that can sound I think it's really good advice because once you realize that it doesn't get any better, it's just the same. You kind of just like allow things that would normally affect you, like tiny things, not affect you. Like Sheaf GG is a very good prime example. Um, for a solid, I think, two years, his uh, internet every single day would cut off his upload speed. Oh, and he had, he had. 15 to 18 technicians come out. He had um, logged, I think, 60 or 70 phone calls over 200 and something hours. Like, he actually logged it all. It was in a tweet. And um, he said, finally, after all of that, they finally came and fixed his node. And uh, it's like, dude, he averages sometimes 400 viewers. He has 1,000 viewers. And his internet cuts out. That's his livelihood that they're messing like, with. Yeah, exactly. And you would think like big streamer, like, oh, I'm moving to where they have fiber. I'm doing this. But then it's like, dude, he had a real job. He was taking care of, uh, he was, uh, uh, those old homes. He, that's what he did. He was like one of those people that took, well, took care of people in old homes. Like a and, certified uh, nursing assistant kind of thing. Yeah. So like, that's what he did. And so it's like, you couldn't just uproot and move. Right. And so like, it's like, dude, it like, so when you like have that in your head, like, Oh, dude, I just dropped 500 frames. Like, as long as it's not consistent and you're able to, like, sh you know, you're able to stream 
you know, it's good. If you have a mic and it's not the best quality, like it doesn't matter. Just, you know, hit the button, go. Like you may not have the best stream quality. It doesn't matter. I feel like people will gravitate towards you if your personality is cool. Like people are like, and knowing that, but people will also like, I've seen like people will also feel for you. You're like, hey, your mic is shit. You're like, yeah, I know it's shit, baby. We out here. And they're like, nah, it's shit. Here's a hundred dollars. Go get yourself a new mic. And you're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's like, as long as you're like really positive and you're just like, you wanting to stream because you want to stream, not because you think it's going to bring you some type of income or, or income or, or, or like you're going to be able to get into some like if you genuinely enjoy putting on that live button and talking to people while you game and people can see that i think people are going to gravitate you no matter what so like back to like like circling back to what i said just don't care about like mistakes if your shit's not perfect because even partner streamers shit isn't perfect Oh, absolutely not. Especially when it comes to internet issues. Like you were just talking about like a partnered streamer having those issues. Like you see it all the time. Like people who have certain internet providers, not going to name names, but you just get a random like drop. They'll be like, you know, almost to a thousand viewers and then their stream just cuts and then they restart yeah. it like five minutes later and they're like back to square one. Yeah. Or like, uh, even like, like even not internet issues, like one peg and, uh, Kings, they recently had um, audio issues where their like thousand dollar to two thousand uh, dollar mixer or whatever like thing just blew up on stream, and it's That's like rough. they're 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 averaging big fucking numbers. And he like One Peg's big on YouTube, big Twitter. Like he's a big like not even just a Tarkov streamer, but just a content creator in general. Right. It's like everybody has issues, and like that's what I'm saying. It's shit advice. It sucks. And that shit, but it, like it sucks, like it sounds gross. But then at the end of the day, if you're like, it's just nice to know that like other people are going through the same stuff that you're going through. Oh, absolutely. Even though they're bigger than you, and you're like, all right, like it may not get better, but at least like everybody's dealing with the same shit. It's not just me. It's not just a me thing. You know what I mean? It's a human so it's, thing. It's like, yeah, because it's real, especially when you're new and you're not sure like how everything operates. It's really easy to get down about that. Like I just can't get this to sound good. I just can't get this to work properly. And then you see somebody who's like, their stuff's running perfectly. They're having amazing yeah. raids. You know, they're finding like GPU after GPU. They're just finding all the best shit. And it's really easy to be like, fuck those guys. You know, just yeah, out of frustration. And like, yeah, and it's like super demotivating too. Like, especially with like the internet thing. Like a lot of these streamers or like you mentioned hate raids. Like some of these streamers, when they get hate raids, like yoinks. Yoinks, literally, whenever he would get hate-rated or follow-botted or view-botted, you would never know. He right. would literally be so fast on turning off his alerts that you would have no idea. And then literally, he'd be in stream. He's like, all right, glad that's over. And everybody's like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, we were just view-botted right now. I just gained up a 2,000 followers. And then he would literally laugh and call out the guy. And he's like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. He's like, you want to... You That's all you could afford was 2K? You should have given me 10K, baby. Like... That's all your broke ass could have. Like, he's literally taunting the people. And it's like, but like, you know, your first week on, you get view bought. You're like, oh shit, what do I do? Like, I remember Gino, he's really big now. And uh, I remember like a year and a half ago, he had tweeted that he had got view botted and he was freaking out, not knowing what to do. And he hit up Yoinks and Yoinks is like, don't care. He's like, that's not your job. He's like, you're not going to get any, like, just who cares, dude? And he's like, write a timestamp down. And and there you go. He's yeah, like just report it. You, you can't know, do much else. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah, that's exactly what he said. He said, report it to Twitch with the timestamps. There's not much else you can do, dude. And he just says, keep going. And he's like, bro, thank you so much. I was stressing so hard on this. And he's and he only says like, you know, dude, I get viewbotted like he was like saying like once a month or something like that. He's like, don't care. And uh, it's just it's really nice to have like you know somebody that that's like that support their their much bigger platform, and they're just like, dude, this happens to me all the time. Like, don't care. And they're like oh okay you're like the stress kind of gets off your shoulders like heck yeah it's nice well it's funny how the community is more helpful than the actual streaming platforms customer service because they're slow to get back to you if they get back to you at all so it's nice to have somebody who's a little bit more seasoned in the field to just reach back and be like what do i do i'm like oh xyz that's all you gotta do like oh thank god because like how you're saying like the streaming software, they their always response will be, it's not our issue, it's not our, it's not on us. A hundred percent. Like it's our program is just ran to stream. It's it has to be on your end. It has to be your computer or your internet or this or this. And you're like, yeah, it's just kind of weird that like a hundred of the people that I know personally are running into the same issue on different setups, different internet providers, and the only thing that we have in common is OBS. And you're like. Very strange that we're running into the same exact issue. Right. Doesn't take Scooby-Doo to figure out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. It's just always stupid shit, too. Like, a good example is when the music thing came out. And then they were just like, oh, yeah, just get rid of everything you have with music. And be like, but I have VODs that they date back years. Like, this is all my content. You want me to delete all of this for something that you just put out? And then you're going to, like, ban me if I don't do all this within minutes? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, the thing about some of these platforms is it seems like there's a lot of knee-jerk reaction. Like, something comes down, so they immediately implement something with very little go-by or guidance, and if you're not perfect with it, then you get in trouble. You get the ban hammer, or you get some kind of warning, or whatever the fuck. So, it's nice to have at least some support from the people who are also in the industry. Yeah, and speaking about support, I think uh, out of any community, I mean, granted, I haven't been, like, I can't just speak for all because, obviously, I'm not in, like, sea of thieves or valorant like i don't play those games i'm not in their community um but just off of speculation and what i've heard i would have to say tarkov has hands down the best community out of any game that's around like the least toxic community it's a very welcoming community i don't know of any other game where you can uh, you could go into like sheaf's community he has a thousand viewers and you're like hey dude i'm having such a rough day right now it is my first wipe I just need some help. Could you please help me? And Sheaf would be like, hop in a raid. Let's go. And he would kit you out. He would probably give you like a documents case. He'd give you some cool keys that are beneficial. And like, right. it's not like you're going to go play Valorant and you're like, hey, dude, I'm having a tough time. And there's some guy that's playing ranked and he's like a platinum or diamond or whatever the highest ranked is. And he's like, hey, dude, can you help me learn the ropes? He's like, no, like can't you see that I'm busy? And like, yeah, they'll be like, Oh, there's coaching services for that. If you want to pay me like X amount of money, I can teach you. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. So it's just like, dude, it's just so cool to be able to see like, even like the top dogs not changed because like, I've, I've watched chief for like two years now or yeah. Yeah. Two years. And granted he was still like rather large when I first found him, but he wasn't averaging like the 400 to the thousand that he is now. And the sheaf that I met two years ago is the exact same sheaf that you get today. And it's like, 
I know that with so many people. I, I can say that for like countless people that I've met in the Tarkov community, which is so rare to say for like a lot of people other to games. get. Yeah, well, just in general, just human nature. Like once you get popular, you know, you start to get like an ego of some sort. You know what I mean? Like it's just. 100%. You start looking at yourself a little bit better. You start thinking your shit doesn't stink, and you know what I mean. Like, it's it also really cool feels to see. like there's less clout chasing in the Tarkov community. Yes, yes, that's a good thing to say. Yeah, like I feel like like people genuinely just like to play with one another. Like they're not like like I know people that have played with people that are like 600 viewers, and other people just started streaming, and they have no affiliation whatsoever, and they're like having a good ass time. Right. And then, like, before you know it, they're running with each other all the time just because they're like, oh, no, dude, that, that dude was fun as hell to run with. Like, we're running with him again. You know what I mean? No, totally. It's one of those things where, especially in the Twitterverse, clout is a drug. People will do anything for it, and they'll do anything oh. to keep it. And I've seen that a lot with certain games, some of which... I won't mention here, but some of the which is to the point of just like not even wanting to be part of said community. So I have not experienced that with the Tarkov community. Granted, are are there some people that probably do that in the Tarkov realm? Of course, it's human nature. You're always gonna. It's like you're gonna have cheaters in every game. You're gonna have those people who are cloud chasing in every genre, every environment. But it's definitely a little bit less to the point where it's not like drowning like it would be. In other ones, like if I had to pick a word to describe the Tarkov community, I would choose approachable. Yeah, I would say wholesome. That's a good one too. Which is funny because it's a game where we're literally killing each other and stealing shit. <laughs> but... Dude, yeah, that's what I think is so funny, and I think, I think part of the reason why Tarkov community is so like tight knit is I think it was once well one is a it was like a smaller niche game than Call of Duty, so. Like, you'd have, or, like, Minecraft. Like, you know, have you ever, like, watched Call of Duty, and then a year later, there's another Call of Duty person, and he's been playing for five years, and you've never heard of him? You're like, oh, dang. But, like, in Tarkov, there's not many people who've been playing for four years, five years to stream that you don't know of. And right. uh, it's, yeah. it's nice to, like, to just have everybody be able to play the same game, uh, like... There's room for everybody, one. it feels like. Yeah. In the Tarkov Yeah, exactly. Space. Whereas, yeah, like, when you, you have competitive it. things like teams like Valorant or CSGO, it's just like, oh, Sentinels or Astralis. It's just like, you know, there's going to be the set top dogs, and everyone else is just like, meh, meh, kind of thing. No, 100%. It's, it's definitely think... weird how different communities can be within the same realm of gaming. I agree. I also think we all, like, banded together against the devs. I think like BSG just, you know, keeping the community in the dark and like back in the day, like now they're really good with it. Now they have a Twitter, Nikita has a Twitter, like now they're really good. But like before when like they were just like, weren't releasing any information, you had to like look at Mr. Noise Guy for all your information or like Geek Say for what's going on in the Tarkov universe. Right. And uh, it's, it's definitely like, gotten more transparent. Yeah, but I feel like that's what brought everybody together. It's like, you know what? Like, nah, they, they can't do this to us. Like, we need to know. So everybody's, like, bonding together to try to figure out what's going on. It wasn't like updates were so clear. Like, everybody had to rely on one another to figure out what was going on in Tarkov. Or, like, right. there's no uh, tutorial. So, like, 
you had to watch Pastilli to know what's going on. You had to watch so and so to know what's going on. Otherwise, you just don't know. You know what I mean? So you're just, just kind of thrown in there with a gun. You're like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. I remember when I first started playing, dude, you hear gun sounds like from a mile away and get scared. You're like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> They're going to find me. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that when Tarkov came out, looter and shooters were pretty much non existent and the battle royale scene was, you know, the king? Do you think part of the community's tightness came from, like, hey, we're playing a game that's not exactly mainstream and people talk shit on it? Do you think that, like, being a set, you know, like the redheaded stepchild of the gaming world, do you think that had something to do with that? Or do you think that I was think not that a issue? Possibly. I think that could play into it as well as, like, people, um, um, getting tired of battle royales and looking for something different. And right. since everybody was doing battle royales, the only thing that was different really was like DayZ or like Tarkov and stuff like that. See, this is why I'm happy other looter and shooters are coming out because competition spurs creation. Yeah. Like Cycle Frontier might come out with something that Tarkov can turn around and be like, that's cool. We're going to implement that in our game, only our take on it or, you know, Marauders or whatever. Like, Having other games in the same realm that are somewhat similar in certain aspects is going to spur either creation and we're going to see certain games take off or we're going to see certain games disappear, which isn't a bad thing. It's Darwinism. It's one of those, you know, adapt overcomes things. So personally, what I would like to see change in Tarkov is I'd like to see vaulting. I'd like to be like, oh, I'm going to like holster my weapon and I'm going to climb up on this as opposed to just jumping at things with like, you know, a gun in both hands. Seems kind of strange. So is there any in-game mechanic you would like to see change in Tarkov? Uh, maybe to climb to get on roofs because there's a lot of ladders around, but you can't use them. It would be nice to utilize some of those ladders. Be like, oh, I killed Sniper Scav at the warehouse on customs. I'd like to, you know, crawl up up there and take his weapon. Or, you know, yeah. do my shooter born up there. Yeah, like how cool would that be to be able to get up to those spots? Like, and then up the player count because people are going to be camping rooftops. Like, that would be insane. Like 20 players on customs, but you can get on every roof. And, and like on top of that, like. But you know somebody's gonna land mime that that ladder on the way up for some cheese. Oh, yeah. So with landmines, is that something that you're looking forward to coming into the game, or is that something you're absolutely not about? Um, I definitely think they're gonna be cool. Uh, I definitely think you're gonna be able to find them or be able to see how they're triggered. I don't think that BSG is gonna implement something where you know it's like a, a something that you put down because the grenade like the thing that the mine that they're using is uh if i think wing marine uh cracked it it's one where you throw it like a grenade and then it opens up like a mine interesting and, interesting. and so like a like a bouncing betty kind of thing like it'll pop up exactly, and shoot stuff exactly up. that's super i don't know if it's a trip wire or something but that's what air wing marine like he pulled up the exact model of what they were using and uh i don't think bsg is going to implement something to where you can't find it like right. you just walk into extract and you explode like i wonder if it'll be like d d d d d d d d d d like it might have a flashing red light or it might make a yeah. noise prompt or it yeah, there's might have something obvious like since it's not like a berry mine 
Like, it's something that you got to actually set up with a trip wire. Maybe maybe the trip wire is, like, a pink wire that's easy to see if you know what yeah. you're looking for or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, if it's in plain view, you know what I mean? Which, to be honest, if I think it would be cool if they do the wire thing because it's, like, if you put it, like, on woods, for example, on the uh, car extract, um, that's right there is, like, complete street. So you would be able to see, like, dude, there's something sticking out of the ground with a fucking wire that's a mine but then it's like it's cool because everybody complains about people hiding in bushes or whatnot or like going through certain areas it'd be cool to put them in grass areas to where like you could anti-bush yeah dude like would it be would cool. be cool to do stuff like that and so yeah. you're like why do you bring in five mines a raid oh dude i just put them in random bushes you know what i mean <laughs> right. you know what would be a cool anti-bush strat is a molotov cocktail Cause they do have Zippos in the yes. game, so you know how they have like the vodkas and they have like, let's say you have an empty bottle. Why not be like, oh, you can fill this with gasoline, and then you can take one of your fleeces or one of your random like you know blankets and rip that up and make a Molotov cocktail, and then you could take that into raid and you can use it as like a throwable. It'll take up like two slots, just like you know a vodka or a moonshine. So it it would definitely take up space, but for what it could do, be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to extract. Let me throw all of these. Like that would be cool. And then for the mine thing, how we were talking about the string, how cool would that be if if certain melee weapons you could deactivate the mine? Like if you took like a certain knife, you could like cut that, or if you took the e-tool shovel, you could unbury it, or yeah. you know something like that. Like Just give uses to the actual like melee weapons, like they do with the uh, Red Rebel. Exactly. Like I'm always pushing that. The thing I want to see is I want to see more extracts that are melee weapon based. Like imagine how cool that'd be to be in factory and be like, I don't have a key, but I have a crowbar, so I can open up this shit and extract. Or I have a shovel, I can dig under this fence, and I have to take off my backpack, but I can extract with this. Yeah, my buddy and I actually had an idea like a few wipes ago. It was more or less his and. He said that he thinks that the uh, the manhole um, one's like on reserve. reserve. Yeah, yeah. I need to have a crowbar, like that you do for cool. Red Rebel. So like you need to pry open because dude, those things are heavy as hell. It's not like you're gonna just be able to pull that up. Like you need something to pry that yeah. open. They're heavy as hell, and they don't always like even if they do have finger slots for you to like pick it up. Yeah, you're not gonna want to put your fingers in there to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think, like, if you were to take extracts and make people use melee, like, I think that would be really, really cool. Right. Like, nothing to take away from, like, you know, the Taga or the M2 sword, but, like, it feels like there is a meta with the melee weapons. It's either you're going to take the Red Rebel for your extracts or you're going to take one of those to, like, one-shot PMCs. It would just be cool to see something to make the other melee weapons viable. Yes. I think that would be really, really... Because, to be honest, the melee weapons, they none of them have a use, except for the three that you just really listed. And they're not even a use. One's a use, and two are just to look cool. Right, like, I'm personally a big fan of crowbars, because I, I play Project Zomboid, and I love beating the zombies to death with a crowbar. So I just personally want to see the crowbar be usable in some way in my other game, you know? Yeah. Selfish thing. No, I think it would be really good to, like, start doing that. And I don't think it would be very hard to implement either. I, I imagine so, but then again, I'm not I'm not a game dev. So, yeah, neither am I. 
when it comes to last Tarkov thing, and then we'll get into our like end of show wrap up because we're getting close to time. So when it comes to airdrops, would you be pro a flare gun that you could shoot up in the air to redirect that plane to drop an airdrop like on your head? Like, granted, it would have some major downsides because you'd be giving away your position to everyone on that map, but it would be nice to have some control over where that thing is dropping. Is that something you'd be for or against? I think it would be something I would be for, but I definitely think that people could exploit it with the whole, uh, like, putting a flare gun down and then just camping that flare spot for, like, Shooterborn or whatever. Oh, they definitely could. They definitely and could. I also would wonder how it would work with multiple flares. So we, we did touch on um, the rogue bosses being in other places. So when the, the instance of an airdrop happens, how would you feel if instead of one parachute, four parachutes left in different locations, one of those being the airdrop and those other three being the set rogue bosses? Would that be something you'd be for or against? Yeah, that'd be sick. That would definitely anything, be different. Anything to kind of make the game... Um, because they want to do stuff with more PvE, so I would like more PvE aspects without having to take away PvP aspects. Like, if they... Exactly what you were saying. Like, if they could add cool airdrop mechanics like that, I would be definitely be down to go hunt some rogue bosses. And the VoIP aspect of that leads to, like, you know, uneasy allies to be like, hey, we're I know we're fighting, but there's an airdrop. Like, why don't we take out those rogue bosses and then we can finish this? <laughs> or, you know, just yeah. making random friends. Like, there'll be those team-up moments, be like, hey, like, I know, like, you blacked out my legs, and I hit you a few times, but Big Pipe's gonna one-tap both of us if we don't take him out. Yeah, I would, do. I would so love that. Just those moments, those, like, see, when they put in VoIP, that felt like a content creator goldmine, but, like, I also felt like there was another reason why it was implemented, and I'm hoping that the heavier thing that they're putting in with the PvE aspect on Lighthouse with the three rogue bosses. I'm hoping that's something that's going to happen on everything. So that way it won't only just spur, you know, content. It'll also spur the, like, cooperation amongst PMCs. Or, you know, betrayals, however you want to play the game. Yeah, I, was gonna, I heard they're supposed to, like, do, like, factions. And if you kill somebody on your same faction, you get negative or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, just about everybody plays USEC on the California service. So I guess I'm well, going to Did you hear what's going to happen to Streets? I have not really heard much about Streets. Enlighten me. They said that supposedly that the same way that bears get hit on Lighthouse is the same way USECs are going to get hit on Streets. That's awesome. That'll be good because that'll also balance it. Yeah. So bears will have a place at home, and then Usex will have a place at home. I wonder if they're going to add a whole new faction for that. I don't know. Actually, I thought that they... Wasn't it like... Uh, there was. I thought they um, sneak previewed it, right? I am so behind in my Tarkov Twitter. I have not... Did, is this like a, re a recent release, or am no, I just behind? No, no, no. This is like a while ago. If I find it, I will send it to you after this, and uh, that way you can see it for yourself. I appreciate that, Chocolate Eggnog. So we're getting close to our time frame. So this is your time to thank anybody you'd like to thank, talk about any sponsorships you might have, any upcoming events. This is your time to say... Whatever it is you would like, Chocolate Eggnog, the floor is yours. Sounds good. Um, I don't have any sponsors at the moment. Uh, I will say I thank you to Sweets, Yoinks, for getting me into streaming. I'm going to say thank you, Penguin, uh, Speed Priest, uh, 
for helping me with my 3D journey. And, and, you know, a big shout out to all my viewers, VIPs, my mods for, um, you know, sticking with me for, you know, every single day for over a year and uh, kind of just riding with me and seeing how this all works out. So I really appreciate everybody that does, that does support me. You know what I mean? Awesome. Well, I would like to take this time to thank you for coming on the weekend to talk to a complete stranger about art, Tarkov, pot, everything under the sun. It's sometimes a hard yeah. sell to get people on, so I appreciate everybody who comes on. I look forward to what you have coming in down the works. Like, I know you said that you were trying to go for that Coco thing, so are you thinking about getting into animation and maybe writing your own thing, or is that something yeah. that you're kind of on the fence on? Yeah, I would definitely love to get into animation, writing my own stuff and stuff like that would be uh, a dream. So nice. just currently just trying to get everything uh, working with the 3D modeling and eventually animation would be really cool. So where is the best place for people to go to follow your journey when it comes to art, Tarkov and everything in between? Is that going to be your Twitter, your Twitch, like drop those socials? I would say my Twitter, which is chocolate eggnog underscore uh, uh, on Twitter. And then uh, chocolate eggnog on uh, underscore on Twitch as well. Um, like I said, I'm live every single day from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, and uh, I work on art 10 hours a day. So if you need anything commissioned, uh, you know, to hit me up on Twitter. All right. Well, I think that's everything that I had. I think that's everything. You got any final saved rounds? Anything you got left in the chamber? No, I want to appreciate you for, you know, taking the time out of your Saturday to ask me a bunch of questions as well. I had a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It was really cool. Appreciate that. All right, everybody. That's episode 38. I'm the 8-Bit Nobody. We had the pleasure of having chocolate eggnog on the show. Go outside and touch or smoke some grass. We'll catch you next time for episode 39.